Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. This week's dev update was a rehash of what we got last week, so not a whole lot of new news, but there is some controversy on what is coming with the February 6th update, crossplay, and more. All that on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's travel back in time. One year ago, back when my love for pirates was reignited. I remember sitting in a donut shop at work, drinking coffee and watching streamers play some game called Sea of Thieves. I remember seeing it at E3 2017 during the Microsoft conference, but I didn't give much thought to it. For one, I didn't own an Xbox, still don't, and haven't since 2011, ever since there was a short-lived love affair with a game called Mass Effect and Gears of War. These were, of course, justified purchases only due to my wife wanting to play Zumba and Just Dance using the Kinect. Going back to the streamer, though, in this new pirate simulator they were playing, I was instantly amazed at, well, for one, the water and how everyone had a job to do. There was no slacking off in a fight or lack of communicating, or you would surely lose your ship with all of your treasure, and many did. Finding treasure was also a task in and of itself. You had to be competent with a map, directions, and landmarks. You quickly learned that not only your cannons, cutlasses, and guns, but you had your compass, your map, and your shovel. These were all core parts to the gameplay and to being a pirate. I contacted a couple of friends and asked if they had any interest in the game. Some said yes, and some said they had no clue what it was. I was about a year into the Switch, and had fallen for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart, and of course, Mario Odyssey. Most of my friends at the time were grinding Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Mario Odyssey. Bayonetta 1 and 2 had just hit the Switch, and most of us were gunning our way through the past. After little interest from friends, I forged forward and did whatever it took to get a pre-order for Sea of Thieves so that I could gain access to this closed beta, as they called it. After jumping into a galleon, I was fortunate enough to have a captain who had been around the ship and explained all the different interactions. After three hours of sailing, I felt at ease and was ready to give the sloop a try. I can't tell you how much I played during that time, but due to the extended weekend play session, I know I had to have at least 24 hours at that first start. Story is present in things like Wanda the Warsmith's hidden shop in the cavern of Wanderer's Refuge, where a witty skeleton pirate, formerly the Warsmith's apprentice, Salty, resides. Captain Morrow, the last crew member of the Ashen Alliance, hangs her hat at the only outpost in the Devil's Roar that still stands. You can find her crewmates, final resting places, scattered around the larger islands in the Devil's Roar. Duke, the Dark Lord from the Bilgerat Company, finds his way around the taverns at outposts, dishing out news of new threats in the world and offers a way to gain reputation with the different companies that have staked a claim on the outposts. The world of Sea of Thieves is different compared to what I had seen a year ago. Even to this day, I am still enticed to go out and work on Athena's voyages to get closer and closer to my pirate legend cosmetics. I've been asked by a few people if I thought 
they should have held off releasing Sea of Thieves for a year to give it more time in the oven. And I tell them, no. I think it came out at the right time. The last year has been filled with community feedback and coordination from the studio. If not for the foresight of the studio knowing what they wanted to bring to the game and the community to give constructive feedback about what they liked and disliked, I don't think Shrouded Spoils would have been an update. It was designed with changes that addressed the quality of life, concerns the community had, and pushed the game into a place where it's starting to get recognition from the gaming community as a whole. With the help of a larger Twitch streamers, it's risen to the top five for a number of viewers and brought a lot of people back who stopped playing and a lot of people who listened to reviewers during the launch back when the game first launched. Now, as it sits towards the top of the Twitch streams, it has kind of reclaimed some of that past fame that it had when it first came into that closed beta that drew me in. And then the subsequent months that led to its launch, to the hungering deep, to the cursed sails, to the bilge-rat adventures, to the forsaken shores, and of course, to shrouded spoils. What comes for 2019 is the arena and a few more updates that we have yet to learn. But one thing is certain, no matter what happens with this game, I am proud to know that I have helped shape the current state that it's in and made many a friend along the way. Rare, thank you for Sea of Thieves and the last year I've had with this game. It is unlike any other out there and as such is a testament to what great people can do together, both studio and community, to create probably one of the best games I've ever played. Thank you. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about crossplay and what it means for the community. Now, this came up today and is apparently on the docket for next week's rare video where they're going to be talking about crossplay. If this should be an option, something that gives the players an opportunity to decide whether or not they want to play with mixed PC and Xbox players. This all kind of comes at a head as a result of a lot of the work that is being put into the current weapon system coming up in the next update. Should Xbox players have to play with PC players when a lot of people will testify that a mouse and keyboard is more accurate and more mobile for pirates than using a controller? Now, there are always going to be fringe cases in this instance, and plenty of people will say that they are much more comfortable with either or. It just depends on who you talk to and their experiences. But one thing is certain that crossplay is something that is here to stay, and I'm hoping that they never take it out. Too many of the friends I've made only play on Xbox, and I only play on PC, so losing them would lose a large chunk of what I consider my personal community and the friends that I've made outside of that community. But what should Rare do? Is this something that Rare should put in that helps separate players or properly match them with Xbox players and other Xbox players? Or should they let other people decide in matchmaking whether or not they want to do this for, like, say, the arena? Should it be a toggle in the settings? And if it is going to be something that is in the settings, how do you surface a feature like that so that everyone is aware of it, but having it on by default so that 
PC and Xbox players will play together. In a game like Sea of Thieves, where there are so little UI elements in the game and very little information about what to do, the tutorial is bare minimum at that. It's just enough to get you to understand where you should go to pick up a voyage, putting it down on the table, and setting sail for the seas. Would this segregate the communities too much? If you separated Xbox and PC players except for the small few who are okay with both, are you adding additional costs to Xbox players who already have to pay for Xbox Live and the game to be able to play with PC players to buy a mouse and keyboard if that support comes? And also, is this something that can be improved upon and fixed by combat design alone? These are just some of the many questions I've been asking myself and talking to people with in the Discord, and I, want, I wanted to bring these to you so that you can kind of ponder some of these with me and maybe have some advice or some ideas on what can be done to help improve the gap between people who feel that the Xbox and PC players have a vast difference in quality and ability to competently PvP in this game. Now with things like Fortnite, you have this problem where a lot of players tend to be on top because of the mouse and keyboard. The mouse affords you a wider range of mobility. You can move your cursor around or turn in any direction at any amount of speed and you can tweak that a lot. Whereas the controller only has so much throw in the joystick to be able to adjust and you're either going to be at a high sensitivity or a low sensitivity and very little granularity between neutral and to the far right, left, up, down, or any of the other directions for the joystick. To me, I feel like this is something that needs to be given to the players to give us the opportunity to decide whether or not we wanna be partnered up with other Xbox players alone or to be in a mixed party with PC and Xbox. I know personally, as a purely PC player, I still play with a mouse and keyboard and a controller from time to time, but knowing that I have my mouse and keyboard to give me a little more of an edge where I'm more comfortable can tend to help out with fights. And my Xbox friends, I'm sure, are very appreciative of the pinpoint accuracy that I feel I can get with a mouse and keyboard. Does this put extra burden on Xbox players to have PC friends? Possibly. Is that something that you can naturally find in the game uh, when you are playing? Yeah, definitely. So, is giving players the opportunity to play with just Xbox players alone or just PC players alone or a both or or a mix of each the way to go well for me all opportunity and options I think always help a situation but how does rare actually go to break these groups apart if they need to be. Some people have the game on both and you only have one pirate, so how does Rare determine if you're playing on an Xbox and not a PC? And also, can you switch between the two? If your Xbox goes down but you have a PC and Game Pass, should you be able to jump back into the match that you were just in with your other Xbox players. Even though your Xbox doesn't work, you can still use your PC, but that gives you the PC competitive edge, apparently. So how do you deal with those situations? Some people have bought a PC, but are so used to using the controller, they just want the higher load times for the game, which is another problem that I didn't even want to bring up in this, because I feel like there's just too many questions to be able to talk about. And I'm sure that Rare is going to be talking a lot about this next week and have 
already had plenty of discussions on how to address this. It's kind of an elephant in the room that they've been ignoring for some time. And while I don't think that they should address this if they don't have a proper answer, it's nice to know that they're going to be at least breaching the topic with the community now that they've had a chance to discuss it a little further as a result of the recent combat question with things like Double Gun and the depth that combat has. <laughs> Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the developer update video that we did get. So I've gone into crossplay, I've gone into year one, we've got a developer update from this last week, and I have to say that there's not too much that has really changed from last week. In fact, when I listened to it, I initially thought that I was listening to last week's video because a lot of what he said seemed to have the same tone and information that was given to us last week. That being said, I'm gonna dive into a little bit of the nitty gritty that we got from that video. So, Pioneers, right now, should be testing the new combat that's coming with the February 6th update. Now, bear in mind, this is the same update that will be reinstalling your game at the lower size that they originally talked about last time we had an update. Things that they should be testing out are things dealing purely with combat that are bullet speed and damage, the knockback from guns, reload speed, hip fire, and sword play, of course. What that means is a lot of people are going to be figuring out that their blunderbuss might be more powerful and that it might have more range at a more condensed uh, spread. There may also be some accuracy issues that are brought in for hip firing and eye of reach, where normally it would be directly in the middle of the screen right where a normal shot would be as if it were scoped, maybe having a little less accuracy from the hip would improve the chances of someone surviving when they were faced with someone with a flintlock pistol and an eye of reach. And the same thing goes for the flintlock pistol. Having less accuracy when firing it might help because most of the guns don't actually have an iron sight. The obsidian eye of reach and a couple others have makeshift sights that give you an opportunity to find out where your shot should should be going. But Sea of Thieves is a wonky game. And because of that, you can't always be certain about how things are going to be laid out. Look at the symmetry of any ships, and I guarantee you, you'll find something that's a little off-center. So why should gunplay be any different? Well, probably because it deals a lot more with successfully killing someone and then taking their treasure or sinking their ship. So something like that should be accurate. But these are old guns, and these guns were never designed to have the accuracy of some of the weapons we have in our times. But low I hear you cry. This is a video game, not real life. True. So for something like Hipfire, maybe there should be a slight decrease in damage. Maybe it should be a little less accurate. And hitboxes are normalized, so there's not really a way to be able to fire at someone and have them either register the hit or not register the hit and have any partial damage dealt. Because, well, everyone is the same box. Whether you're one of the largest pirates in the game, or you're a mere twig that can hide behind a mast easily. One thing that we did learn with this update video, outside of the gunplay, outside of the swordplay that is being worked on, outside of the reduced size for the game itself, we did find out that Xbox Insider, or the Inside Xbox, is going to be having the Sea of Thieves crew on February 5th, talking about what's going on with the studio and what they're going to be developing coming up in the next maybe three to six months, and also more about what's coming out on February the 6th. Now, with February the 6th, a lot of people have said that this is just going to be purely quality of life improvements 
focused around streamer mode and as well as combat, guns, swordplay. But I still feel like we should be getting a Bilge Rat update. It's been long enough. We haven't really had a whole lot going on, and I feel like maybe there's some cosmetics that could be due. Pirate Legend stuff aside that came in the recent update, a lot of us are still grinding that stuff out. And while it is nice, it was something that was going to be tiding over the Pirate Legends who had been in Athena's and most of them capped for quite some time. So we need something that's for the general pirate. Hopefully with this update, we'll see that. We'll have new cosmetics, we'll have something new in the world to do, and it may not need to be anything that's a new AI threat or added things to the game. It could just be an event, something that we go out and do, something very similar to, say, the the torches for the Festival of Damned or the skeleton thrones from the original Bilgerad Adventures. It could be something very simple, something geared towards the time frame that it's released in, say, Valentine's Day and giving. Joe has still mentioned that there is something that they're working on that will give you a reason to celebrate friendships and I think this is a good opportunity to do so. We also know that there's some other stuff that was data mined that should be hopefully coming in this update. One thing that'll be interesting to find out hopefully is whether or not something is going to be hinted about the coming E3. Now I know June is a long ways off but from a company's perspective they should already be working on videos that are going to be used for E3 coming. Whether or not they lean into that and give us little tidbits that we can look forward to to is hard to say, but we know that they're going to be coming out with pets soon. They're testing it internally and will eventually be released for us. The question is, is that something that's coming before E3? Or will E3 be the trailer that gives us a date to let us know when that content patch is coming? We know that there's a significant amount of work being put in for the quest system to help kind of implement new quests as time goes on and push in new story. Captaincy is still on the table, but maybe something that's coming farther and farther away. With the arena hopefully hitting in March, we'll have a new mode, and with it, a way for streamers to be able to showcase some of the great things about Sea of Thieves while earning exclusive content just for the arena to bring back into adventure through the Sea Dog Company and their cosmetics. Will Lissetti join her brother in the arena and battle alongside us and find Find out who the victorious sibling is from the pirate lord's children or maybe it's time we find out more about captain flameheart wanda the moorsmith has been gone for some time and flameheart is still out there on the seas did stitcher jim crawl back to his master the gold hoarder still so many things that could be coming this year <laughs> With there being less news this week, I thought I'd take an opportunity to talk to some of the new pirates out there. I know you're out there. I've seen you. So, you're listening to this, hopefully, to find out some information about Sea of Thieves. And there's a lot that I could go over, but maybe I could just touch on a few topics. So, if you're listening to this and you're a veteran pirate, hang out, because there might be something you might learn. I still plan on talking about the first mate's log, and then that'll probably close out the episode. But for now... I wanted to address some of the newer pirates out there because you're important too. You're welcome in this community and I'm glad that you found the game for now. So, some things you could possibly learn that you may not know already. Easy. First thing, your compass. If you hold down the right trigger or the right mouse button, you should be able to bring it up to your face. If you walk forward, you'll actually hear or feel the footsteps. That's how you count down steps in a riddle. When you find your treasure, 
you can always double tap the Q button or the left bumper to cancel the animation with your shovel, effectively cutting the time in half so that you can dig twice as fast. This is what we usually call double digging. If you hold down the guard button while your sword is out, you will put it into a, a position where if you sword lunge forward, you'll have a lot more mobility to be able to move around during that lunge charge up period. There are a lot of skeleton ships out there and if one does happen to spawn on you, you'll know because the music will pop. And if you're parked at a shipwreck or at an island, they actually won't spawn until you actually start moving away from those areas. So if you hear the music, but you don't see the ship quite yet, hang out, get, his, get some supplies, and get prepared for the battle. Once you sail away, it should rise up and start firing on you. There are a lot of curse balls out there, but some of those can be used in great success against skeleton ships. Now, if you're out there alone and you want to have a good chance against one, try to find cursed cannonballs that disable the ship, anchor balls, sails, as well as resource balls and balance balls. Using a balance ball on a galleon that has a lot of holes in the mid-deck will sink it a lot faster. Using that in succession with a resource ball will prevent the skeletons aboard from being able to repair. That alongside with an anchor ball or the sails ball will also help immobilize them, preventing them from moving away from you and giving you an opportunity to circle around them to get more shots on. When you go into sailing combat, try to raise your sails up so that you're slower. If you're moving at full speed, there's a good chance you'll hit the waves and throw off your aim. It's also a lot harder to judge the angle and direction that you need to fire on someone when you're moving at a faster speed. Sloops are faster than any other ship heading into the wind. If you're a solo slooper out there and you are trying to make your way and somebody starts chasing you down, the best thing you can do is head into the wind. It doesn't necessarily matter what direction your sails will be, although some still testify that having your sails forward will bug the system so that you actually move faster. The galleon with its three sails will be the fastest going with the wind, but trying to get that wind is always going to be difficult, so make sure when you're chasing someone down, you have someone on each of the three sails while someone is still helming. That way, you can ensure that you're constantly in the wind to get, get a little more speed. If you're being chased, try to run towards islands that have cannons on them that can attack the other ships. Also, heading into the fog or a storm can save your life. Although treacherous, it can deter the other ships from going inside, especially if they have a lot of powder kegs. Smaller ships should definitely try to sail around low islands that have big sandbars. Your maneuverability can get you in and out of areas and fairly close to them, while bigger ships will have a harder time deciding whether or not they should cut across in front of the island or follow you around it. Either way, you can always use other islands, the larger ones, to actually block views from the ship. You plan on going around an island and they cut in to try and cut you off, turn and head directly perpendicular to the way you were going. Head straight along and keep the, sh keep the island in view while blocking their view from you as long as possible. This can help buy you a lot of distance and time to be able to figure out how you're going to take off and get your treasure to an outpost. Also, having your stuff stowed on a rowboat when you have gained that time and taking that rowboat out and rowing away will definitely make it a lot harder for ships to realize that they've 
lost you and the treasure while following a ship that is coasting off into the sunset without its crew. If you're coming up against a megalodon, there's plenty of ways to kill it, but the best ways are probably to have the ship raise its sails so you don't lose it. Try to put the ship in spin with the actual beast itself, keeping in mind that when it does bite, sometimes it will change directions, and instead of going in a clockwise direction, it will go in a counterclockwise direction. Doing this can help out make sure that you get more shots on the actual beast with your cannon instead of just having to use your guns in between. As soon as a megalodon starts to charge in on you, run to the bottom of the ship and get ready to repair. Don't try and get those last few shots in on it before it actually bites. Chances are it will knock you off the ship or kill you and leave your ship to start sinking. If you are sinking, make sure you are always bucketing your water over the ship's edge. Don't toss it onto a mid-deck and don't toss it onto the top deck. You always want to make sure that you have a clear line and that you toss it over the railing. That way it's going back into the ocean and not to the bottom of your ship. If you come across a weeping chest, they can be dealt with in a few different ways, but the best way to deal with it without causing any kind of weird issues is to take it to the bottom of the ladder on the sides of the ship. Down there, it will be close enough to the water where the water coming from the chest will just go straight into the ocean and not into your ship. Though it does take one person to hold onto the bottom of the ladder holding the chest, at least you don't have to buck it. If you come into contact with a kraken or a ghost ship that has an anchor ball or just a really tough meg fight, there's a good opportunity for you to take any kind of weeping chests, put them on a rowboat or dump them overboard, and take those off of the ship itself, freeing the ship up for combat so that way you don't have to worry about a crying chest on board. If you happen to get attacked by the Kraken, there are a few ways that you can help kind of make sure that you take it down well, swiftly. When your Kraken eventually wraps your ship, Hopefully you have it in a place where it's not blocking you from going below deck to be able to repair and bucket out water. If this does happen and you do happen to get wrapped by the Kraken, one of the tentacles will be hovering slightly in front of the cannons on either side. It'll generally be one of the maws or mouths and it will generally pop up on one side or the other and alternate. The best thing to do is have someone on the cannon ready to fire and shoot the mouth in shoot a cannonball into the mouth itself. After doing this three to four times, the Kraken will let go of the ship, allowing you to repair and bucket out the remaining water. The Kraken tentacles do drop treasure, but if someone is jumping into the water to go get this treasure while another person is on deck, there's a good chance that the Kraken may suck up one of your crewmates, leaving no one on the ship and open to a slap or it getting wrapped by a tentacle. Keeping the anchor up during a Kraken fight can help you maneuver back over to tentacles that will be in range of your cannons if you do get slapped. If you start to notice that you are being sucked up by a kraken, the best way you can tell is it looks like a bunch of dirt and wind is blowing around your character. The best thing I can recommend, and doesn't always work, is to run below deck and start gathering resources, refilling your guns, or repairing or bucketing water. This will help ensure that the kraken doesn't suck you up, because if it does, there's a good chance that you'll be stuck in there for at least a good 30 seconds. It'll try to drown you. The best thing I can recommend is to always have bananas on you, and to try and use your sword to 
slash when underwater. These are all just a few of the things that I've learned over the last year of working in Sea of Thieves and being a pirate and an Athena 10. There's plenty more things that I've picked up along the way, but trying to figure out how to best express those without boring everyone else who already knows them can be tough. So if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on our Discord or through Twitter. There's lots of people that know a lot more than I do, but I try to find out all the nifty little tips and tricks that you can use to become a better pirate in Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Next up on today's docket, let's go with a first mate's log. This week I'm going to pull a story from Space Admiral Ors, or Mike, who says, It's nearing the end of the evening, and we've headed to Cutlass K for the last map of an unremarkable gold hoarder's run. We have a little treasure on board, half a dozen skulls, a few marauder's chests, nothing really. When we see a sloop headed for our brig, we arrive at Cutlass K, and they zoom past us at warp speed and fire a cursed cannonball into the ocean. Okay, we keep going. They follow through some rocks. They join our offered alliance right as we miss with a keg. They break the alliance and throw up the reaper's mark. They were never going to ally, but now it's on. Cue 30 minutes of them darting in, getting blasted with cannons, trying to board, and dying over and over. They put a few holes in us, but there's never any real threat, but they manage not to sink. Finally, we kill both of them and make for our plunder outpost to ditch the ship and sell what we can. When karma arrives and ensnares their sloop in the Kraken's tentacles. We just want to sell and log off like 20 minutes ago, so this fortune lets us sell everything. They escape the Kraken and decide to keep coming for our empty brig only for a skeleton ship to immediately spawn on them. The combination of the skelly ship, two powder kegs from us, send them under. They swim to our ship, but the encounter is over. So I play music in the water, and they join in. Evil Monkey floats nearby in confusion. That's when the most vocal of them, the one trash-talking the entire encounter, thinks the five of us should get on deck and play music to get him the achievement. That's when Super Pack, who was done with them from the start, finally and totally snaps. Like Macho Man Randy Savage, he dives off the brig rail into the water, his flame sword slashing the life out of the first one before he can finish the next sentence. He carves a chunk out of the second before and my eye of reach finishes him off. We log off victorious. Space Admiral Ors, thank you very much for that story. It was a great one. I mean, and I love those moments when things just seem to go so right for you and so wrong for everyone else. A lot of the stories that I had this week would probably talk a lot about me going out and murdering pirates, sending friends out with powder kegs to ships while I drew attention with cannon fire to sloops parked at outposts with me hoarding a whole bunch of treasure that I just got from a skeleton fort, namely Keel Hauled Fort. But the one story that I do want to tell you today is one that brings a lot of warmth to me. This last week, I got the opportunity to jump in with one of my good friends, Haas Sauced, or Colin, and he has been watching a lot of the Twitch streamers and has sailed in the past. But thanks to the sale that recently went on with Sea of Thieves, he decided to pick up the game all out 
for $30. And it's a good deal right now. I definitely recommend you get some friends in on it. But he wanted to give the game a shot. The last time he sailed was back at launch. And of course, there wasn't a lot going on. We didn't have the hungering deep. We didn't have megalodons. We only had the Kraken, and that would only attack galleons. Now that the world is so much more vibrant, I got the opportunity to join in on him and help kind of get him reacquainted with the game. I had a great time showing him the ropes and helping out with treasure and helping the sales and trying to give him and his friends an opportunity to go find treasure. Meanwhile, I decided I would stay on the ship, get it prepped and ready for the next island. So I spent a lot of my time raising sails, raising anchors, pointing us in the direction, marking down maps or at least identifying what islands they were so they could find them on the map and generally giving them some information about where they should go and how they're doing. It was really fun and I had a good time kind of helping others out there who haven't gotten a chance to sail that much. It's a great thing to be able to teach what you've learned to someone else in the world. And sometimes it's even better when that someone was someone that was playing a long time ago, wasn't satisfied with what the game was then, and is now coming back to give it another chance. I hope that everyone that played a game that they didn't quite enjoy feels like they can come back at any point, try it again, and see if the updates have maybe improved the gameplay. I know a lot of games have been like that for me in the past with different expansions for World of Warcraft, Diablo 3, even just minor tweaks to certain games like Mario Kart, Splatoon, and the such. There's plenty of things out there that I think a lot of people could learn, and having friends that keep you interested in different games than you're normally used to can really make a difference on whether or not you find the right game that speaks to you. I just wanted to send this out to you so that maybe you have a friend that played the game when it launched and they haven't been around lately. Invite them back into the game, especially while it's cheaper than normal. See if they like it. See if the added threats of the Megalodon, the Kraken, and the skeleton ships are enough to keep their interest. I know when we were sailing together, we were on a galleon, but it was just three of us. And a Megalodon had just attacked us just outside Daggertooth Outpost. Now, we were going fairly well, but we didn't have a whole lot of supplies. I left most of the work up to Haas and his friend, who decided to take it to the Megalodon using cannons. While their aim wasn't always on point, they tried very hard to make sure that things were going well for them, and I made sure that the ship stayed afloat as best I could. Eventually, though, the hole started to rack up, and while I called for aid for bucketing, we started to get stuck in a storm. The problem was is we didn't have enough shots left for the Megalodon, and finally, we sank. It was a bummer to not be able to kill it and get the treasure right outside the outpost so they could turn it in and log off, but I still had a good time with them, and I'm looking forward to the next time I get a chance to sail with them. Pirates, I hope you had yourselves a good time. I hope you enjoyed these stories and this information. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the crossplay or the weapon changes coming up in the next update. What do you think about that? Do you think pirates should have the opportunity to decide who they sail with when it comes to consoles? Do you think that the combat will change enough to improve Xbox players' feel so that it feels more equal to playing against mouse and keyboard players. I'd love to know. Feel free to do so at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N at Twitter. You can always email me at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. I'm always available through the Discord server, which has a link in every show notes so that you can always click on it and join the Discord server. It's a great place to meet other pirates, and we've had a huge influx of new players come in to start sailing with others. As always, I do try to stream this throughout the week, 
though most of the games that I do play focus on Sea of Thieves, you can still find me playing other games like Anthem and Division when friends decide that they want to join up as well. Pirates, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope you had a good time. I hope you have a good week as we go get closer and closer to this next update. Thanks, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.